welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Michael Zipovich. What's up, guys? And today's podcast is brought to you by realitysportsonline.com a powerful fantasy platform that lets you manage your fantasy team like a real-life GM. Use the promo code NERDS10 for 10% off the platform fee. In today's episode, we decided we're going to do a pre-NFL draft, rookie draft, mock draft, that is. Sweet. 1 through 12, the pros and cons. So when we do the cons, we're not going to say, you know, it's not because we really don't like that player or we wouldn't like that player. But just give you a different perspective of why I'll give you a reason not to take that player. So just because we're forced to make a con, I guess is the best way to put it, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, most likely we would probably take that player, but just to give you a little bit of a different perspective, a different way you can possibly go. And of course, each draft is set up. If you play in a super flex league, you know, Jameis Winston's going number one, Marcus Mariota might probably go number two. Um, and team needs are always a factor. But again, First round, best thing to do, go best player available. Exactly. Uh, so it's kind of like a devil's advocate type episode, right? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I, I really like this guy, but just to play the devil's advocate. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be the advocate. You be the devil. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. You look a little, I'm a pessimist. So. Yeah, you are a pessimist. I am. You were the biggest pessimist. And I'm, I'm an optimist. Right. So goes, it works out good. Goes well. So we'll kick, the, we'll kick this off with... Me taking the first round pick because I consider myself to be number one overall. It seems logical, right? Because you have you you have a worse team than I would, in theory. Damn, <laughs> in theory you are right. So with the first pick, I'm taking Todd Gurley. Um, I know we preach all the time about taking you know rookie receivers and building around rookie receivers, but the fact is, elite running backs are just too hard to come by. It's way easier to nab a receiver that can contribute to your team than a running back. And Todd Gurley fits that bill to a T. He's an elite running back. He's somebody that does everything really, really well. I love the fact that he got 61.9% of his rushing yards that it came after contact. He's somebody that I feel once he's healthy, his injury doesn't scare me. I mean, is it a concern? Yes. But it's not something I'm overly worried about. He's one of the youngest players in this draft. It's an ACL tear. It's his first knee injury. Adrian Peterson's had it. Many running backs have had this surgery and have come back and had successful careers. I think he's going to rebound. I think he's going to be a stud. I think he's going to be a three-down back and the kind of back that can help you win a championship and somebody that you could build around. And coming up here, I think, with the next couple of years, he'll be like one of the top four players taken in redraft leagues. He's that good. So with the first pick in the draft, across the board besides the Superflex League, I'm taking Todd Gurley. Every league, you, we all know that you never have enough talented running backs let alone elite running backs. Yeah, I, I think it's a good pick, like, you know, uh, but like you said, the things that would worry me about taking Todd Gurley, number one overall, I, I know you said you're not too concerned about the injuries, but the last two years he's been nicked up and the ACL to me is somewhat of a concern uh, where I do think he will bounce back. But I think if you want instant production, I think, I hope I'm not, you know, I hope I'm not speaking out of terms, but I think you're going to probably have to wait a little bit. You might have to wait till the first couple games. He might not be effective. You know what I'm saying? So you're, you might be chalking up if you're picking first, 
and you take Todd Gurley, you might not see your return on your investment right away. Um, is if you took like maybe like a Melvin Gordon, for example, who should be shooting right out of the gate, ready to go. That make sense? Yeah. I mean, right. but at the same time, if you're going to make the Kansas against him, you'd probably go Cooper though. I absolutely hundred percent would take Amari Cooper. Yeah. Number two, the, but I was just trying to say like running back wise, if you're, if you're running back one, wise, one run, in, running back in other ways. Right. Exactly. Cause I think you're going to have to, I don't think, uh, Todd Gurley's going to be right out of the gates blown up, blown up. Cause I think he's still going to be recovering from his ACL. Peter King, I think said it best. Expect Todd Gurley to be pretty good in 2015. Tell expect him to be excellent in 2016. Right. And, and that makes sense. I, mean, I totally, I totally agree with that. Okay. I mean, I I've liked Todd Gurley for a really long time. A couple years ago, thought he'd be the number one pick this year, but the injuries are somewhat of a concern, especially if you have a number one pick and you do want to turn it around. You you can either like we said we said this a couple episodes ago, like a month ago when we were talking about Amari Cooper. Like, I mean, obviously, there's no wrong picker. If you take Cooper, excellent pick. You take Gurley, excellent pick. Right. And I mean, like most rookie mock, not rookie mocks, but rookie drafts. Those top five picks, you're excited about everybody you get. Oh, absolutely! And, and you're forcing me to play devil's advocate, so that's yeah. That was let's, the, let's make right. it clear. Yeah, I don't want you. I don't want again. I don't want you to. I don't want you to feel like that. You have to like. It's just making a case. You right. Know what I mean, I love Gurley. You love Gurley. Right. When we when we get down here to number you know four or five, and we both would take Devonte Parker or Kevin, you know, whoever's available. Of course, we would take him. But right. Again, there's a whole concept of the show: the pros and, and the, the cons. cons. Right. So, Mike, with the number two pick, well, who take, would you take? I'd take. Uh, all things, you know, equal, I would take uh, Amari Cooper. Like, you don't know anything about your roster or any of that stuff. I would take uh, Amari Cooper, number two. I just think that he's the, the safest pick in the draft, probably coming off um, uh, a season with 124 receptions, 1,727 yards, and 16 touchdowns. He's been, he, he's the safest pick, I think, in the whole draft. He's coming from a pro style offense, Alabama, littered with offense or excuse me, uh, NFL players on the whole offense, defense, coaching. I, I, I just like Amari Cooper. He not necessarily like player comparison, but just reminds me of Julio Jones in the terms of really safe pick. I know I really feel confident that he is going to be an NFL star. And I knew going into this, out of all the people that would be hardest person to make an argue against is Mari Cooper because he is the safest pick in this draft. Right. But you know what my argument here against him is? You know what? He is the safest pick. Right. But he also doesn't have the highest ceiling. No, he definitely does not have the highest ceiling. He's the best route runner. He's really good. He, he, he does everything really well at that point. But, you know, when I'm picking this high in the draft, I want explosiveness. I want a playmaker. So maybe I'm leaning towards Kevin White or Devontae Parker on upside. Is it a gamble? Yeah. But when we say taking best player available, you know, I can easily make a case for Kevin White or Devontae Parker being the best player available. You know, Amari Cooper six one, Devontae Parker and Kevin White are both six foot three. White one's a four three five. Parker's got hands made of glue. So and that, and, and maybe they land somewhere else. So my case against there is like, okay, Carper, Cooper's the safest pick, but you know, maybe Maybe at the same time, maybe I want to go Melvin Gordon here. He's explosive, too, and I want to run him back. So maybe at number two here, I'm not taking Cooper. He's safe. He's reliable. Yeah, he'll, you know, but maybe I just have a feeling he'll be like a wide receiver, too, his whole career. Real solid, good in PPR leagues only. Doesn't score a lot of touchdowns, possibly. Just a really good route runner. Like a really, like, uh, 
maybe maybe I think of Steelers like a poor man's Reggie Wayne. And, you know, somebody can always get open, catch a lot of balls, but doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. And maybe I want the explosive back of Melvin Gordon who can take it take it to the house every single time who's likely going to be a first-round pick. Or maybe I even like really explosive players. I'm going to go Kevin White. Uh, that's my best case against Amari Cooper. Right. I mean, I, I, it's th- this one to me is like, you know, I'm glad that, you know, we were pre-talking about a week you gave me number two and told me you were going girly one because it's impossible to make a case, I think, against Amari Cooper unless that you really truly like the high, the highest ceiling player, which would be uh, Kevin White, I think. But that is just going on like, hey, you want potential. a shot. You, you, you love, you're a dude that loves potential. I don't know. To me, I still like Amari Cooper. Oh, and we both, yeah, and I agree with you 100%. I, I'd argue, I think Gurley Cooper are the one picks, one, two picks in every format. I don't really care besides super flex uh, guys I would take. But if you're going to make a case, again, he's somebody like everybody else that can make a case against why not to draft him. I can't make a case why not to draft him, but I can make a case why you would draft somebody else yeah, ahead of him. Fair so enough. with the number three pick, I am going to take Melvin Gordon. Same concept about Todd Gurley, where explosive, dynamic running backs are really hard to come back, come by. And are Devontae Parker and Kevin White not a nice option for me here? Yes. But Melvin Gordon is a home run threat. He had 40 runs of 15-plus yards in 2014 and averaged 7.6 yards per carry over the last two seasons. So he's somebody that I think has really good possibility going in the first round. He's going to be utilized very, very well wherever he goes. And if he, this guy can start catching footballs, Look out. He could be more dynamic than Todd Gurley. He is basically a Jamal Charles in the making, possibly. Uh, He is so explosive, and anybody that can get a running back that can get you those kind of yardage, I mean, there's not a single fantasy team out there. It doesn't matter who you have. This guy would be starting week in, week out. And again, those kind of guys are really hard to come by. We preach receiver all the time, build around receivers, but when it actually comes time to pull the trigger, we all need that running back help. And you simply cannot win a championship if you don't have running backs on your dynasty team. So having one of the top running backs, young running backs, is just too hard to pass up here. So I'm taking Melvin Gordon at three. Yeah, I think I think it's a good pick, but to be the the play the devil's advocate, um, I, there, there is, there has been some questions whether, like, versus, you know, for example, Todd Gurley. It seems like there is where everyone seems to be consensus that his style, he's definitely going to transition to the NFL. Uh, there's some questions if Melvin Gordon. Um, I personally don't believe it, but if his talents will translate to the NFL, um, and I, I think like at the third pick, I, hey, you know me, and and I think you're the same way. Really, I I would want in my top picks, especially the top three. I want an elite player. I want a a, a game changer. I personally would lean towards Jameis Winston at this spot. We all I, know, this. you know. I I think he is a franchise changing QB. And the only other guy that I personally have liked over the years better is going to be Andrew Luck. So I think he's that type of guy. Over all the QBs over the last decade, that's who I would go with right here. Uh, I think this someone you can set forget and just move on and address all your other positions moving forward for years to come. And the biggest selling point there is you fill a roster spot, a one roster spot for 10 years. You don't have to worry about. Right. Exactly. That's a lifetime in fantasy football. 10 years. Half the people probably listen to this podcast. Don't even know what they're doing 10 years ago. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, exactly. I wasn't even able to drive 10 years ago. What? I'm 35. 
10 years or you're 25. Bro. Holy cowboys and Indians. Man, you're bad. I was thinking 20 years for some reason. Wow. I'm really bad at math. I have the I calves say, on my mind. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, that was terrible. I was thinking, like, would you ever, like, license suspended ten or years something? Ago, 10 years ago to this day. No, let me be more specific. 10 years ago to this day, I woke up. I was extremely wasted still, so I couldn't drive. All right. Fair enough. My license was suspended. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, but yes, I'm really bad at math. Um, okay, so that's your case against Melvin Gordon. So right. who would you take at number four? At four, at this, I'd take Jameis Winston. I know it's early, and just for the reasons that where I went, um, I know it's early for a lot of people, you know, and... But for the reasons I just stated going over Melvin Gordon, I think it's I think it's a better pick. I think it's a safer pick. I think to me it's a more of a for sure thing. Um he's just been a pro's pro. We talk about it every year or every week on the podcast. I don't know what else more to say about him. Um, you know, some of his statistics maybe went down a little bit from his, you know from the previous year, but that's just due to, uh, you know, a lot of the talents went on to the NFL. I don't hold any, you know, the increase in interceptions and things like that. That doesn't bother me at all. Um, right here, I'd go Jameis Winston, number four. Easiest case, easiest case for me to argue against here. Uh, and I think you can make some, you know, don't yeah. get me wrong. But As much as I love Jameis Winston here, I think he's a franchise quarterback. Franchise in, in standard dynasty leagues here and PPR dynasty leagues. The most devalued position is quarterback because you only start 12. There's 32 quarterbacks. It's the easiest position to acquire. Anytime somebody has two really good ones, they're always looking to trade the other one away to acquire more talent. And you draft in somebody like a Devontae Parker or a Kevin White here, if they pan out, will easily get you an elite quarterback down the road. Maybe not super tar- you know, not, not a top-tier quarterback. If somebody does end up drafting Jameis Winston here and then get another quarterback, down the road that's really good, you'll be able to get one of those quarterbacks. Uh, there's nobody I can't imagine has a quarterback, somebody even the same of the lines of like a Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, who again aren't super elite, but you know, top tier dynasty quarterbacks just because of their youth at the same time, uh, wouldn't trade AJ Green or somebody along those lines for Matt Ryan. You would feel like you're ripping somebody off at that point. So Right. Um But every year, every year there's new elite wide receivers. There's new elite running backs every year. To me, I, I don't know. I don't think that there are, are this tier of an elite quarterback. Is it's, it's fewer and far between. And again, I love Jameis. And if he turns into be somebody like Andrew Luck, I mean, good luck trying to acquire Andrew Luck. Right. From or anywhere Aaron Rodgers or, you know, guys like that. Or it's Drew Brees. It's so hard to get guys like that. Well, that, you know, well that's a good example. A older, I mean, I've had but... Drew Brees for going on like 14 years. You know, I've had him forever. Right. I've had him his entire career. And even going like going like say we go back seven years ago. Right. And or six years ago. And somebody was trying to acquire Drew Brees. There was nothing at that time I would have traded Drew Brees for unless right. I was getting another really good quarterback back and another good player. Right, absolutely. So I know how, that's, it, that's I've known how it is to have that quarterback for like a really long time. And Drew Brees having that quarterback has put he puts you in a position to have, again, having that guy for that long, for me to have Drew Brees for that long of a time, over a decade on my roster, I have not had to worry about drafting a quarterback early, trying to trade for a quarterback. And Drew Brees single-handedly has put me, helped me carry my team into an elite status year in, year out, making the playoffs. You know, 14, I think I made the playoffs twice in that amount of time. Right. Um, having Drew Brees. So, 
Again, I'm I'm, I'm gonna go with a young. I'd rather go with a young receiver here and go the longevity of that, and maybe hope and shoot for like a Marcus Mariota later. Okay, but, I mean, I mean that's fair enough because I know I, I guarantee I will. Be, you know, I feel like I'm definitely in the minority in in, in how high I'd be willing to take Winston. So that's fair enough. I'll listen to any argument. Right, it's my pick. So one girly, two. Cooper. Uh, Cooper, three. Gordon. Gordon, four. Jameis Winston. You are correct, sir. All right. Number five, I'm taking Devontae Parker, wide receiver Louisville. He's one of my favorite prospects in the draft. Um, has, Like I said before, he's some of the best hands in this entire draft. He has three drops since 2012. Uh, he's just somebody that I really, really like. I've liked all the tape. When you watch his tape, it's nothing that wows you at all. But he's somebody that I firmly believe is going to be a really solid pro. And I think he's a safer pick than Kevin White. So that's where I lean. I know a lot of people are going to have Kevin White higher on their board, not me. I think Devontae Parker is just an overall better-rounded prospect. He doesn't come with the wild factor, but he with that 80-inch wingspan, man, I just think he's going, to, he's going to catch everything that comes his way. If he can land with a good quarterback and a good system, he's going to somebody I think – I honestly think his ceiling could be a wide receiver too for – you know, seven years. So standing here at five, if I get him at somewhere, if you get him at five right here, I feel ecstatic about getting Devontae Parker because I can make a case for him where I'd like to get him at number three overall. So Devontae Parker for me at number five, I feel like I come away with a great prospect that's going to do really well for my dynasty team for years to come. Yeah. Hey, you know, I, I love Devontae Parker also. I, I like said before, minus that injury at the beginning of this year where he missed, you know, what X amount of games, five, six games or whatever the case was. If that hadn't happened, I think he would be solidified as a number two guy. Um, but as it stands being the, you know, the devil's advocate to that, I think the only other logical choice that you can make, and a lot of people would, would do this, and I'm kind of borderline on it, is, is Kevin White. Had so, someone I super respect their opinion sports-wise really made a compelling argument for Kevin White not too long ago. So it's made me, like, convinced. What did he say? He is someone that had, well, my brother-in-law, dude, is, I swear he should work for ESPN. He's the only dude that I know that knows more about sports than anybody in the world, man. Dude, super smart. He had him on his uh, dynasty college football team and watches a lot uh, and knew about Kevin White from day one, you know? And so he's watched a lot of them and just like, he's been talking about them for so long. Is this making this case? It's how he let, never. Let, let, me make, let me stop you for one second. Cause I'm taking your next pick is Kevin White, right? My next pick would be Kevin White. And now tell us why you, now let's just, might, right. as, well, might as well run in there. So we right. know this is why you're taking Kevin right. White. Go into it. Now, I, and where I, I'm not sure yet where I'm at on if I like Devontae Parker or Kevin White more, but that's the only pick to play devil's advocate to your Devontae mm-hmm. Parker. The only logical choice would be the Kevin White one. Uh, he's explosive. Everybody loves him. He makes great catches. He's athletic. He's the guy in this draft that has the highest ceiling. He is the guy that could be. Like, I kind of almost think about it as, like, remember back a few years ago where there was the Julio Jones and A.J. Green? Mm-hmm. Back then, I was like, hey, I want Julio Jones. I like the, you know, the more for sure thing. I, you know, I thought Julio Jones, to me, was about as guaranteed as you could be. That'd be sweet. Now, I didn't not like A.J. Green, but he was more boomer, boomer bust. Okay. I feel like Kevin White's in the same 
respect. He That's could funny, be... I felt the exact same opposite. I felt like AJ Green was a for sure thing, and I felt like Julio was like a really bust. okay, yeah. okay. They, you know, teach their own. Then I guess yeah. you know what I mean. But that's kind of how, and I kind of look at it the same way. Kevin White might end up being the best player in this whole draft when it's all said and done. It would not, it would not shock me if he was. But at the same time, I, I, I like, I go, I'm a little more conservative with some of my picks. You know what I mean? So, um, that's why I would take a couple other receivers ahead of Kevin White. But he's, he's got, he's got the highest ceiling. And at this point, there is nobody else left on the board that you can take outside of Kevin White. And realistically, you're stealing him at six. You are stealing him at six. So, my, my reason not to take Kevin White, which is going to be ridiculous. Ridiculous, right. But, and I, I'm the same way about Kevin White. Like, I teeter, like, he's such an enigma where, you know, he, like, when I watch his tape, he's the one guy that makes me go, wow, so many times. And I feel like, absolutely, I feel like me having Devontae Parker ahead of him on my big board is like more stubbornness than anything as well. But here's why I would, you know, I wouldn't take Kevin White. You know, here's my case against him then would be he's only did it for one year, man. I, and and that that is the that is my one caveat where I agree. He's only done it for the one year. Where that's why I kind of that's why I kind of lean Devontae Parker. You Safer. know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Yes. Not as high as the ceiling as Kevin White. But then right. if I'm making a case here, then my case is going to be if I want somebody that I believe in in more, if I'm going to go upside a receiver, I can make a case for Doriel Green Beckham being just as much upside, who was the number one high school recruit coming out, which was a five star recruit who's right. been well touted all along besides, you know, his, uh, you know, off the field issues and who had some really good, you know, Brandon Marshall comps. And he's 6'5, so he's bigger. He's not as fast, but he runs a 4'4'9. And at 6'5, that's pretty damn fast for somebody that's 6'5. Right. So if I'm, you know, if I'm going to make a case there, I'm going to take, I could possibly take Doriel Green Beckham. And if not at six overall, Kevin White, where I feel like he is like a boomer bust kind of prospect. I've seen tons of receivers that have come out that have been tall, super fast. They did it for one year in college, and everybody's telling them they go top 10 in the NFL draft, top 15 in the NFL draft, and then they get to the NFL, and you forget their name within five years because they're just boomer bust guys. And honestly, most of those guys are more bust than boom. Right, absolutely. So, you know, maybe here at six, and I say, you know, you know, if I'm making an argument against that, then I probably wouldn't lean Doriel Green Beckham. Maybe I take away and I go Jay Ajayi here, and I just say, hey, you know what, Kevin White, boomer bust. You know, I'm at six. I just missed the playoffs here. I got to get back in the playoffs. I didn't make the playoffs because maybe I didn't have that running back. No receivers come in right away anyways and give you instant production besides, you know, some did last year, but that's more of an oddity than something that goes on normal. So I take Jay Jai, who's likely going to be the third, worst case, probably fourth back, taken off in the NFL draft, going to land in a good situation. He's a three-down player here. I'm not going to go with this bust potential here, and I'm going to play it safe at six. To, I'll let the guy behind me, who already made the playoffs, take him, who will probably force him into his lineup uh, every week because they took him, and he feels really good about him, and then he'll miss the playoffs, and I'll get in and make my run for the championships. So, again, little, a lot of risk here, a lot of reward, but at the same time, when you miss next year, instead of picking six, I'm picking number three. Right. So you're you're taking JHI right here. Yeah, number, I'm a case. so that's number seven Honestly, or I'd, number I'd, six. I'd, are you talking I'd about? I'd take Doriel Green Beckham likely, but I mean, right? I can't sit here and make a case against bust potential and then go Doriel Green Beckham. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the the thing about Kevin White, man, if if you just, I know it's one, it's one year. It was a phenomenal year. I love. It, his it was tape. so great. I man. love his tape. It, I do. I can't. Really. I texted both you guys when after I got done watching his tape. Like, I had so literally wow. I'm like, oh my. 
God, look at that! Play. Look what he just did on the right. field there. The thing about the the thing I liked about like Devontae Park right now that might have the hair over me to Kevin White is the longevity. He's just been doing it longer. He's got the, the you know the better pedigree. Um, but man, you know Kevin White just like against someone like Alabama, nine catches, hundred forty three yards, and a touchdown. That's a pro. That is a pro's defense yeah. right there. You know, so he can do it. But I can make the same case against Kevin White at the same time. You know, his three bad games were against Oklahoma State, TCU. And Iowa State, those are, I mean, those were his only three bad games, but he did have, you know, he had back-to-back weeks there uh, in, uh, I can't remember what it was, but he had back in uh, October, October 25th, and I think the following week, like November 11th, he played Oklahoma State and TCU. He had two back-to-back weeks where he had like three catches for 27 yeah. yards and then three catches for 28 yards. Right. So it's kind of like, okay, where were you then? It's back-to-back weeks. Again, I love all these guys. This right here. This top six here, and I'll even throw kind of Doriel Green, Doriel Green back up as his own tier, but this top six here that we just named in our first top six picks, I think are all... I like them all. I like them all, man. Right. I think I they're agree. all game changers. I think they're guys you could build around. I think if you have a top six pick this, pick the, this year, and granted, some people might not take Jameis Winston or six, and that's fine because you take Doriel Green Beckham in there, and if J.J. lands in a good spot, you could take him there too. Right. You're in a really good spot. Will one of them bust out? Most certainly. This is, Absolutely. Just because last year nobody did right. doesn't mean anything. That doesn't right. change. That doesn't change the odds, man. One right. of them, one's gonna be the bust. And to me, most likely, it's either gonna be Kevin White or Devontae Parker. Right. I agree. Um, I hope they're both really good. Yeah, and I think they will be. I, the top to me, like the top six, that's where it's like tier. Like overall, if I'm tiering them, because yeah. I and I include Winston in there. Six. I agree. I include Winston in tier one too. Right. That that if I have a top six pick, I'm feeling great because I know I'm getting one of those six guys. After that, uh, I think there's a drop off. And you, and you still feel good about those guys. And here I am because like I had the sixth pick in the Dirt Nerds League, mm-hmm. and I'm not taking Jameis Winston just because I have Drew Brees, I have Ryan Tannehill, and I have right. Andy Dalton. And, that, and that's fair enough. It's not a need. I need a receiver, or if anything, I take a you know. So for me, it's either Dorio Green Beckham or it's going to be Jay Ajayi. It's gonna, let's see the landing spots. Let's see how it plays out. Right now, I got Dorio Green Beckham higher on my board. He's some of that I'm going to take, but Jay, Ajayi can easily fit in there. And honestly, TJ Yeldon can sneak his head in there too. Yeah, right. I think Yeldon would be a guy that you well. When we get to him, I think he's a he will raise and lower depending on where he where goes. He lands. Yeah. So before we get into seven here, let's take a little uh, commercial break. All right. With our friends, Reality Sports Online. I Win ask you every money. week, Mike, have you ever wished to be a general manager? I wish I could GM the Browns, man. Every day of my life. Yep. Well, guess what? You can't GM the Browns, but you can GM a fantasy team on Reality Sports Online. A powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team just like an NFL general manager and don't manage it like the Browns have managed their teams because that would not be good. Reality Sports Online was designed by former NFL front office personnel and features a revolutionary free agency auction room, which mimics NFL free agency, enabling fantasy owners to compete against each other to negotiate with and sign NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. The platform can host up to 32 teams, which is a lot of teams, and has tons of other cool features in addition to free agency like a rookie mock draft, a rookie draft, a multi-team trades, franchise tags, IR, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Test your GM skills by visiting realitysportsonline.com and participating in a mock-free agency auction today. If you really like what you see, use a promo code NERDS10 and receive 10% off your team or your league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. You know what this means? Time to announce our next winner. Oh, nice. Uh, they compete Who against us. 
in our RSO league that we have going on, courtesy of RealitySportsOnline.com. And uh, our next winner here was I put in the random. Let me put in the random number organizer. Let me see which one it was. I haven't picked out here. I'm sorry. The winner is dun 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 John Glosser, who entered on the form on DynastyNerds.com. John Glosser, congratulations! You are the second to last winner of our Dynasty Nerds RSO league to compete against for three hundred dollars uh, the first place and one hundred dollars in the second place to. Uh, courtesy of realitysportsonline.com. So you will be getting an email, John. Congratulations. Uh, we'll be emailing you to join the league. And that means, Mike, we have one spot left to give out. Awesome. And that's it. And it's going to be next week's episode, which is before the draft, because guys who are in the league, just to let you know, are, we have that rookie draft first, and that's like we're having that like a couple days after the NFL draft, and then, boom, we're going right into our How long is the rookie draft? draft? Four rounds, I think we're doing. Okay, cool. Which is sweet, because then you get... That's like a dynasty. Te- like you get it's you, a teaser. You sign those to four year contracts. Right. So you get those guys for four years. Yeah. Then you get you sign everybody else. You only get so certain amount of contracts for everybody else. Reality Sports Online, man, definitely check it out, guys. It's it's a cool concept. So let's get into the number seven pick here. You want to recap the top six real let's quick, just so the, you know for the the listeners, you know, yeah, who, who kind of zoned out there during a commercial, right? Oh, commercial time. Yeah. Eat a bag of chips here real quick. Yeah. You know when you eat chips, you chew. It gets a little no, little noisy in the ears. Right, you do, you just zone out a little bit. Yeah, you get, might have forgot. Instant right. amnesia. Like, oh, wait, seven? What happened to six? Right. Well, let me tell you what happened to six. First went Gurley by me, then Cooper, then Gordon, then Jameis, then Parker, then White. Cool. So pretty solid top six. Solid. And that's what we said is the top tier. So at number seven, Mike, I'm going to take Dural Green Beckham. Uh, again, I think Doriel Green Beckham comes with risk. You know, he didn't even play last year. Uh, but if he did, what if he would have played last year, he'd be a top pick in the NFL draft. I mean, this guy has so much go for, going for him. He was a five-star recruit coming out, number one overall high school player going to Missouri, six five two thirty seven, runs a four four nine. I mean, that is really fast for being that big. Is his route running the best? No, it's not. But that's something you can learn on. But he's really athletic with a huge catch radius. Could be a red zone machine. And he uses size really, really well to attack the football. And this guy has the potential to be a monster. I mean, he to me, he has Brandon Marshall written all over him, man. Everything that, you know, he does a lot of the stuff that's the same, I think. I and mean, who does not want Brandon Marshall on their fantasy team, dynasty team, for in their prime? You're talking an elite dynasty prospect. So I think this guy has, if he stays clean, which I think, from that's what, a big if, man. And what I've read, he's I've I've heard he's really gone gun ho about changing who he's surrounded around with, who he's hung out out with. But again, that's what I read. I don't know the guy personally. We're not we're not friends on social media. Just hit me up on a text didn't, message. Didn't Johnny Manziel say the same thing last year? So it's he, like he hard to no, believe. Johnny Manziel never said he's he was like changing who he hung out with or anything along those lines. Uh, he just uh, said he was, he came out and made football. Yeah. He's going to commit to football. All right. So again, and again, this is the easiest case to make against. Right. Exactly. Like Doro green Beckham, huge, huge upside, huge prospect been around. Like, you know, you know that if you watch college football or if you, you know, him, if you pay attention to recruiting, you, you know who he is. However, for me, and this is real life for me, I, 
I probably wouldn't draft him. I'll let somebody else worry about him. Too many red flags like me? for me. Yeah, there's too many red flags for me. I, not that I just don't like him. And if he's if he's the next, you know, Brandon Marshall, so be it. I I won't. Were other picks I might regret as the years go on. Oh, I can't believe I didn't take him. I'll be totally fine if I pass on him and he's a stud. I, it, there's just too many too many red flags for me that just make me think. I, I think of guys that like haven't played football in so long on the field. It just doesn't seem like it translates very well. You know what it, I mean? It, when you miss that much time now there there's others that you can name guys on each side of the fence, but you, you know, say like Mike Williams missed it, missed a year at USC, yeah. you know, cause he sat out. He was no good. Oh, I agree with you. Uh, Maurice Claret said, you know Terrible. what I mean? Right. I, and, you need and to I be agree out. with you. I agree with you on an aspect of that too. And it makes me, it, it really does work. Cause I really do like Dora Green Beckham. I like him a lot as a prospect. I really do. And I, but I know the risk. Cause me picking hot, like for me personally, like picking six to me is really high. I'm used to making the playoffs. I'm used to picking around like eight, nine, ten. So for me, this is like a valuable pick to have. Right. And cause I don't expect to be back here next year. Right. So I'm really hoping like at six or at seven here, uh, because obviously I have six in our league, but Jameis probably won't go in the top six right. of our league. Yeah. I'm hoping here in our league, like a Jay Jai goes to a really good spot or Yeldon, and he kind of gets in that mix, and it pushes right. like a white, a Kevin White or somebody along those like lines down. Right. I mean, for me, it like for my it just and it'll just kind of translate or transition into my my pick at um number eight. I'd take Jay Jai. Um, I just. And again, I mean, you know, I've said it for, you know, for a year on this podcast. For me, um, the two things that I like are either pedigree or and or like just consistent, a little bit safer picks. And for me, uh, Doriel Green Beckham versus Jay Ajayi, I'd rather take Jay Ajayi just because he's just a safer pick. Um, I, I mean, you can't argue the stats last year he had 823 yards i know granted i know stats aren't everything but 823 yards 28 touchdowns and on top of that 50 receptions for 535 yards and four receiving touchdowns the guy's just a playmaker and i feel really bad that i was like late on the game to him because i just i don't know i just wasn't because he was doing this last year too so and boise state isn't um it's not like Boise State from 1993. This yeah. is like Boise State's been on the map for a long They're not time Iowa now. State or Kent State, R- right? I yeah. mean, they've been doing it now for a long time. I, I am fully confident that he could be a three-down back in the NFL. I, you know, we'll see where he goes. What team, you know, if if the NFL teams value him as much as I think, I, for me, I would have taken him over Doriel Green Beckham. Okay. In my case for there, saying that, take a JHI. Yeah, he's the first player in FBS history to rush for 1,800-plus yards and have 500-plus receptions, and he catches the ball really well. But he's got to be in the right system to do that. And honestly, watching the tape on him, I saw no power whatsoever up the middle from this guy. Um, so for me to say he's a three-down back, yes, but he's certainly not, in my eyes, as of now, going to be a goal line back. And he's going to strictly rely a lot on the PPR kind of aspect of it, where he does run the ball well at the same time. What's wrong with that? I, you know, 
Again, There's points. I, I like, know. I like okay, Jay, I got you. Right. I like Jay Giant. Right, I'm just trying you. to be the devil's advocate. All right, got so you. I like him a lot, too. I'm just trying to get, just go the other route of here. Yeah. Being that one guy. You right. Know? I, I was in arguing mode, and I forgot <laughs> we were playing devil's advocate. So, My bad. So, for me, it's kind of like, you know what? A guy that's not going to score a lot of touchdowns, and I'm just going to rely on rushing yards and PPR yards, and maybe just turn around, maybe he does score touchdowns. I don't know. I just don't. I'm just. I don't. I don't like a guy that's. Not, I don't. I have worries about scoring touchdowns. So I'm gonna take a guy that I think will score a lot of touchdowns here. I mean, I'll take Brashad Perriman, somebody that run that just ran a four two forty, or has blazing speed and has some really good upside, and is really on the rise in fantasy football. And you know what? I'm picking a little bit later here. We're on pick number eight. You know, I have a chance to get. I know it's a deep running black, running black, running back class. So I'm like, hey, I'll go receiver here, and I'll take somebody like a Tevin Coleman or somebody along those lines on the way back, or David Cobb, where who they have just as good of a chance to possibly be good as a Jai, where I sure certainly won't get a, a prospect or receiver that has the same upside as a Brashad Perriman here. So and I can make the same case again, you know, for like a Jalen Strong or a Nelson Ag or somebody along those lines. But you know, out of all the prospects, I'm gonna go Perriman here and I'm gonna take somebody that had uh a th- over a thousand yards last year with the worst quarterback play, maybe in all of college football. And I feel comfortable with that pick. Okay. So that is that your next pick then? Say too? something. Is that your next pick then? So with my next pick, I'm taking Brashad Perriman. This is okay. at we're at this is we're at nine. Yeah, nine. So at nine, I'm taking Brashad Perriman. Yeah, Jalen Strong is a really nice receiver here, and I could take him too. And I flip flop these two guys consistently throughout the year. And I, I like Jalen Strong as a you know Anquan Bolden comp, but I'm taking Perriman because after watching the tape, people mock his hands. Some people I hear critics on his hands. I think that's completely off base when I watch the tape. I don't I don't see him drop a lot of balls. I see a lot of bad quarterback play and a lot of balls thrown poorly. And again, this is a guy who still topped a thousand yards with some of the like honestly out of all the tape I watched, he might have had the worst quarterback and had adjusted the ball more than anybody else. And that four two speed to get past the defensive backs to go down there and catch the ball, he's somebody I think has really good upside, has a really good uh body for the NFL. And I, have some, I feel like he's just somebody that's going to come in and help my dynasty team. Maybe not year one, but certainly down the road starting like year two, year three, and could be an elite playmaker on my team. And I, his ceiling's high enough where I'm willing to gamble here, knowing that I'm not going to anybody near as talented as him or near as much upside in the second round. Okay. Like how I, I guess my, where I would not take him there, it, because I have a group of wide receivers in his like that are kind of like grouped together that We're I close, include yeah. that I include Perryman in, and so and there's enough question marks around around him in in, in my mind where where my next running back, for example, where I where I am gonna go, I feel is like on a tier is definitely he, he's the next running back that there's no other running backs that you could take. So I feel, I feel like it's a better pick is Amir Abdullah. Oh, wow. Okay. For me, you know I what I mean? Yeldon, but okay. Yeah. For me, right. Yeldon, I, this is pre-draft now, please gotcha. keep in mind because if Yeldon does go to the right, um, to the right team, I could fully, I could rearrange a couple of the running backs, but as of right now, um, I, I have Amir. I I think Amir Abdullah is better than 
TJ Yeldon, Duke I like, Johnson, I like Tevin Coleman. Out, it's literally going right into our next picks. Like when you start making an argument for somebody well, else. Right. So at number uh, nine, I took Perriman. So at ten, you're just jumping. You're jumping to the podium. I'm jumping right up there because, and not that I don't necessarily. Uh, I'm not anti Perryman. Um, I had Rennell Hall in this dynasty fantasy football league that I was in, and you're totally right, dude. The quarterback play is was terrible. Um, I, I I don't know. I just I just I questioned to to me. He's one of those guys that I could. See. I I could totally see the high ceiling, but I could really see him not being su- successful. Or I almost kind of, in a way, feel like he's kind of overhyped uh-huh. in a way. Do you mm-hmm. kind of, you know what I'm saying? I like see it. It, and you see a lot. I mean, let's face the be, facts here. When you pick this late, when you're picking a nine, ten, eleven, twelve, there's a lot of those guys in right. your dynasty draft. And because like someone like a Jalen Strong or Nelson Angler or even like I know you're maybe not. But on the same tier, like it may be possibly a Sammy Coates who's a got high ceiling, safer, you know, you so say. I can see that point, too. But I mean, let's face the facts here, too, is at 9, 10, 11, 12, you're talking the final four of your league. These are the teams that can take the risk that can leap out there unless you're one of those teams that just got lucky and, you know, somehow went on a hot streak in there. But this this is what this is where being good puts you, man. It puts you in a position to go with these. Nobody else takes these guys because they're a little bit more risk. And the good teams can take those risks. And if you hit on those, guess what? Your team just takes it to the next level and keeps on propelling. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. And propelling, I, and, rowing, and two, surfing, and you always you want doggy paddling. You want those running backs, man. Backstroking, <laughs> breaststroke. You pervert. All right. No. All right. So. With the tenth pick in the dynasty nerds fake rookie mock draft, pros and cons. Step into the podium now is Mike Zavich. He selects. I took Amir Abdullah. That's pretty good. That sounded like a soundboard, man. So, go ahead. Well, to me, Amir Abdullah, I think, is extremely underrated. But I do think that um, something that's going to... He's going to be a guy that is definitely along the same lines as like a TJ Yeldon. It's going to be where where does he land? Um, But to me, uh, Amir Abdullah, he can do it all, man. He's a home run threat. He can catch. Uh, is someone is going to be one of the, a PPR guy? I, I just I like him. I think he's been doing it for a long time. I'm just I'm just a fan. I don't I'm know. I'm a fan of Amir Abdullah too. I actually have him a little bit. I have Duke Johnson uh, on my boards, and I just recently did my own personal mock draft on DynastyNerds.com. It went up last Friday. So if you get on there, you could uh, scroll back through the things and see how I would draft in order of twelve. But I didn't even have Amir Abdullah in my top twelve overall players. So for me here, I'm just it comes down to personal preference. If it was running back for me, I would take TJ Yeldon. But here, with the next pick at number eleven, I'm taking Jalen. I would take Jalen Strong just because, you know, Amir Abdullah, and this would obviously just trans. You know, he took Amir. So, I, you know, before I get into why I would take Jalen eleven, let me tell you, Amir Abdullah to me doesn't have the body type. A lot of those running backs, small running backs, don't really have. They don't have high success rates in the NFL. Those PPR guys, and they become situational guys. And I and here I want a guy on my team, unless I'm desperate for a running back, that's going to be on the field and contribute more often. And if this guy hits, if he's a really good, solid PPR guy, yeah, he's going to help my team. But no matter what, to me, he's most likely going to end up as a situational back. So for me, I'm going to go with that high upside, longevity pick of Jalen Strong here. And I'm going to go receiver, and I'm going to keep Amir Abdullah outside my top pick. I'm going to let somebody else go. You know, I know it's a deep running back class. So if I'm going to take a, you know, a guy that catches some footballs and whatnot, I'll see where these other guys land and kind of take a risk on 
uh, a running back later in this deep class and stick with a receiver here where I know is I know the receiver depth is really start to gonna shallow out here after these next couple picks. So I'll lean Jalen Strong. And with the tenth pick and the eleventh pick in this draft, I'm taking Jalen Strong. I'm feeling really good about this pick at eleven here. I feel like I'm getting pretty good value for a guy that has really good hands, uh, really good size, decent speed too. It just makes him overall really solid prospect. To me, he's a faster Anquan Bolden in a lot of ways. You know, because the way he plays so physical. So I feel really. I know he has that wrist surgery, but I know he just went to the combine recheck and the Steelers cleared him on his wrist. I know that for sure. Again, if you have, if there's something wrong now, that's nothing, you know, unless it's like a patella tendon tear or something along those lines, injury, this is dynasty. I'm not worried about this. I'm thinking long-term prospects here. I, if you don't help me out the first couple of weeks, heck, if you don't even hurt, I don't even expect a receiver this late to even help me out year one period. So he can sit out for the first six games for all I care. I'm picking here at number 11. I just made the championship game and lost by two points to some dumb kicker. So I'm coming away with Jalen Strong. Somebody to throw in the back of my roster. Somebody going to let groom watch grow and feel really comfortable as my next receiver gets a little older, I can pop right in there and be a really solid wide receiver too for me. I mean, honestly, I, I like that pick. I like that pick better than your Perryman pick. I mean, I mean, you know, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm just really at this point. I mean, I don't know what negative because I'm, I like that pick way better than your Perryman pick. And I kind of would almost would have flip flopped them. I do like Jalen strong. Now where I took Amir Abdullah, I could, Amir Abdullah and Jalen Strong right in it back to me those very same tier same tier for me I okay. really like Jalen Strong a lot and one of the maybe one of the best things for the the fantasy players out there is the fact that he does have a little bit of an injury so maybe if your draft is early enough your rookie draft is early enough post NFL draft you might get somebody that passes on him because of the injury, and that could be towards your benefit. And which makes that guy an idiot and offer him some other bad traits because you shouldn't do stuff like that in your dynasty team. But it could happen. What if, what if he slips a little bit in the NFL draft? You know, there's some people out there that maybe just they put their rankings together based on the NFL, NFL draft. draft. Yeah. You know, no, not every, you know, not everyone is, you know, is into, you know, doing it or, you know, Maybe they don't know how to do the re- uh, the right research. That's why you, you know what I'm saying? Podcasts. And that's why you get these tweets from people like, hey, I don't tell people about your podcast. I don't want them to listen to it because right. I've been dominating my league listening to your podcast. Exactly, like, man. Come on, tell your friends. They're like, no. I really like Jalen Strong here, man. There's really not too much negative I could say. You're well, coming away at the 11th pick with Jalen Strong, right? So who, yeah, so who who could you make a I case? Mean, who would you take here if you could? So obviously, who's who's your the next The only other here? one, uh, Nelson Angler. That That's okay. it, man. I, I, I do like him a lot. They're They're very... To me, that that group. I mean, you take out Perryman to me because I had him a lot lower than you did. Um, so I probably would have had uh, Jalen Strong where you took Perryman, mm-hmm. um, and then I would have rounded and and flip flopped a couple of them that way, you know. So, but here with the uh, which would be the, our twelfth pick, right? I'll yep. take Angler. I just, you know, me. I like the uh, the pedigree. The guys from top notch schools putting up high putting up big time stats for multiple seasons 1313 yards and 12 touchdowns and 104 receptions so he's got the targets uh he's he's only six foot 185 so size is maybe a little of a concern you know what i mean but at this point where we're drafting we're not talking we're not talking about 
taking Kevin White or Correct. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a if you there's want size. A, you're taking Sammy Coates, right? And there's a there's a drop off in 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 the talent from the right. top six guys. So there's always going to be question marks. But at this point, and, and the only other guy I could maybe possibly you know is a, a Sammy Coates like in the wide receipt on this mm-hmm. wide receiver, but he he's got a lot of question marks too. He has the size, Lots of question marks, but he doesn't, doesn't have he, he doesn't have the hands. So. Um, to me, this is a little bit better of a pick right okay. here. Um, he doesn't maybe have the ceiling as Coates does. Absolutely not. But. And he's somebody that I actually took when I did my own personal mock draft. When I did my overall top 12 big board, I had Al Galore at 12. So obviously this is where he fits in for me. But at number 11 in my big board, I have TJ Yeldon. So that's the pick I have here. I have somebody, I've been, obviously I've been preaching for the last year, TJ Yeldon's name and how, and I've made some silly comps on TJ Yeldon and how much I believe that he's going to be a successful NFL running back. Uh, the only Alabama running back to run for three consecutive thousand yards uh, there, which is pretty impressive in itself. Really like TJ Yeldon. Again, I know this is a deep running back class, but there's nobody there that I think is on the same level at Yeldon coming in here, who could be, you know, a solid possibly three down back in the NFL. So where Al Galore is a really nice player, I like him a lot, and I'd have no problem taking him the next pick. I'm taking Yeldon here and feeling good about this running back. And if I'm taking a receiver, you know, I'm not going to get Al Galore here. But if I'm going to take somebody like that, and I'm going to take some, you know, somebody, I might go somewhere the higher ceiling, like you said, Sammy Coates later. Maybe even though I hate him, like a Devin Funches, right? You know, somebody along those lines later, or heck, maybe I'm hoping I just go a different position altogether, and I'll just go, you know, somebody that has a high ceiling, like a Mariota, Max Williams, or Clive Walford, something along those lines as well. So to me, TJ Yeldon would clearly be the pick here at number twelve, barring some drastic uh, position. But again, this is pre-draft, and the reason we did this pro-con re- pre-draft mock instead of after the draft mock is because it's good to know where these guys sit now it's a really good tactic to have for your dynasty team same thing how we did all these podcasts if you go back and listen to them all and i'm and you know for, for all of you that have and how we how we kind of ranked them and how we went through them is it's really good to see where these guys stand now and like the same point like mike made about jalen strong about the wrist injury because too many people let the nfl draft affect their opinion on certain guys and granted, these guys are NFL guys, and they know way more than we'll ever know, and that's why they get paid the money to do it. And right. you know, we all have day jobs, and these guys watch film and they do this stuff every day. But honestly, as a dynasty player, we just study offensive players only. Now they affect your dynasty team, and you know, I feel like I've had just as good a success building the dynasty teams, and these guys have been drafting players. But every year, those those guys that you know, like for last year, a good example is Bishop Sankey. He's somebody I didn't have that high on my board. Um, I thought he was a good prospect, but he wasn't even, he wasn't in my top three running backs. So for me, and all of a sudden he goes number one overall to Tennessee and boom, he shoots up the board. He's a top three, top four dynasty rookie pick right. where if you just stuck with your board and got a Carlos Hyde, I mean, I was really big now. Granted, I was really big on Jeremy Hill, not higher than Bishop Sankey. Of course. Right. I don't think anyone uh, was to be honest. But at the same time, I liked at the same time. And and I know it's I and I think it has potentially better. I like I kind of like Terrence. I like Terrence West better than I like Bishop Sankey at a time uh, moments there. But and I, and I was guilty of it too. Once he went there, like I was like, all right, you know, I got to kind of just because opportunity where they took him because of his opportunity. I got to put Bishop Sankey here. When at the same time, you know, if you I, I should have teams should have done that because that's where you reach. So instead of taking in that deep 
awesome receiver class last year. You could have got, you know, Odell Beckham. You're taking Bishop Sankey because you need – this is what happens when you take for reach because you needed that running back, and Bishop Sankey was the first one. You'd have been much better off. Now, time would tell, but at this point, I, we, I'd say it's all safe to say that taking Carlos Hyde over Bishop Sankey, who is my number one running back going into it. didn't matter where he landed. You know, but then, and then at the same time, Jeremy Hill was the number two running back selected in the NFL draft ahead of Carlos Hyde, which was a huge shocker. So that's something where it would have worked out really well. Absolutely. So, it, again, but and at the same time, now, if I would have went by that aspect, but here, and here's where you can mix the two. I like Jeremy Hill a lot. And all of a sudden, you know, Jeremy Hill, if I need a running back, Jeremy Hill goes right after Bishop Sankey, not too far after him. The same thing in the second round. Second running back taken, shocked me. I'm like, wow, I like Bishop Sankey, or I like Jeremy Hill better than, uh, a little bit more than Bishop Sankey talent-wise. As a, But to me, I thought he was sneaky, but now he's a number two back taken ahead of my number one so guy, he's no Carlos Hyde. So he's no longer going to be sneaky. No longer sneaky. But it kind of re, reaffirms that you were right. You were probably right. And so you're like, okay, so I'm taking, I'm, I, stick with the guys that you believe in, man. You know what yeah. I mean? Stick with the guys that you like. Listen, I, listen I agree, to everything man. we say. And if you disagree with us, hey, that's good because we won't be right all the time either. But, you know, form your own big board and don't, and like when you do have those tiers, don't necessarily let the NFL draft just shoot somebody up that you had kind of low, like a Bishop Sankey along right. those lines. But maybe like, like for me, how, where I'll let the NFL draft somewhat dictate is where I have groupings like yes. i have three dudes like for example like the amir abdullah uh duke johnson tj yeldon group for me mm-hmm. like where i took amir abdullah like at eight or nine or ten or whatever that was if if he if goes to the packers a, yeah and there's a huge right and if there's and tj yeldon goes way higher to the cowboys to way, right instead of amir abdullah i'm taking tj yeldon because i do like tj yeldon but on my pre-groupings yeah. As is it, but they're they're so close. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna see how they how a difference how it between out, common man. sense and difference between reaching. And I agree with yeah, and that and that's what tiers are for because it's easy to put a guy at number eleven and at fourteen, but the difference between that eleven and fourteen gap is minuscule. Mm, right, right. So that's where you do. That's where you do kind of let it mold your rankings, and then mold our rankings as well. When oh, we absolutely. come out with our overall. And if you say they don't, you're lying to yourself. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's the worst kind of lie, man. Right, you lied, lied to yourself. yourself. So, well, that's it. We gotta get to the Cavs playoff game. Oh yeah. So game one. Game one. Yeah. So which, on the road to the championship, yeah. finally. It's the first time we've recorded a podcast on a Sunday, which this is going to air on a Wednesday. Right. But you know. So hopefully nothing crazy happens in the next. We normally days. record on Tuesday. Yeah. But. For us, the Cavs play on Tuesday, so we can't do that. So instead, we decided, since Mike and I are going to the Cavs playoff game one together and going to go to W, hey, let's podcast before we go to the game. Absolutely. Get the so, juices flowing. By the time this airs, we'll forget everything we said. Yep. 100%. You're completely wrong. Man. Right. But until then, we're going to go, as our Cleveland fans, our first quest, the start of first championship in over 50 years, started now. We're out of here. We're going to go watch some Cavs playoff basketball. In the meantime, you guys jump on your rookie rankings here. Get ready, man. NFL draft is right around the corner, which means most of your rookie drafts should be right around the corner. Until then, we'll get into a new topic next week. Probably still getting getting ready for these rookie drafts here. Right. Um, if you have any questions, until then, hit me up on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Nerd Mike. Follow us like, at Dynasty Nerds. And don't forget that we have one spot left to get in that reality sports online uh, 
league, one spot left. We'll announce the winner next week. You can join by getting on DynastyNerds.com, get on the forum, and enter in today. Uh, till then, guys, we'll talk to you next week. Go Cavs. See ya. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at DynastyNerds.